Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by Two American Blades. My name is not Noah Snyder, it is Chad Jarvis, and tonight I am joined by the one, the only, the man, myth, legend, Robert Kitson. How are you doing on this Monday evening, Robert? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Finally back in my own bed, which is amazing. I've been gone for two weeks. I know the couple folks who, you know, tune into the watch along saw me from like, you know, the home hotel room life. Um, so I, I made it back safely to New Jersey. My parents were in town for like less than a 24 hour period. So it's been crazy hectic. And we're just now getting a chance to sit down and chat. Unfortunately, some some less exciting uh blades matches but uh you know this is what we do as blades fans right <laughs> yeah yeah no no kidding uh we are going to briefly 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 touch on the 3-1 defeat against Middlesbrough because at time of recording it's about almost a week and by the time this is out it'll probably be around about a week since we played Middlesbrough and everybody's kind of moved on from that um Defeat, I would it was it was a defeat, but if we played like that in a three one defeat to Middlesbrough, I didn't see us slipping up or or you know that was probably one of our best games in a defeat, if that makes sense. I mean we just didn't it just boiled down we didn't take our chances, Middlesbrough did, and they come away with three one winners. Uh, Robert, what were your thoughts on the defeat to Middlesbrough at the time we were seven points still clear and it, <laughs> the gap felt okay. And then we will obviously get into the Millwall result, but Robert, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was certainly a, like a weird match to watch because we were so dominant scored that first goal right at the beginning for 10 minutes was like, man, this is going to be a piece of cake game. I was like in a, in a class. So I just kind of like threw the phone to the side. I'm like, I'll watch the highlights at the end. This is going to be awesome. And then next thing I know, I glance over and it's one, one. I'm like, Oh, what the, this isn't, this isn't right. Like this wasn't supposed to be it. And then I, so I like dead, like watched the rest of the game completely ignored the lecture that was going on. And it just was, it was bad and there was like mistakes and errors, but we still looked like we should have been scoring. We were creating enough chances and all of the data on the back end supported that. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of our highest XG performances of the season behind the like five, one uh, thumping of Burnley. Um, so it, it really was bizarre that like that of a, creation like and like possession like where we just created so much quality in the form of opportunities why that went with such bad defending and really silly mistakes at the back um and so it was just a very bizarre match and you look at the scoreline it's like wow Middlesbrough hammered United and but really when you watch the game it just it wasn't really a hammering it was a lot closer than it probably looked on the score sheet yeah no I I agree with you with that and you know i i believe i listened to tufty club today and you know analytics only gets you so far in the game it's like <laughs> you know we do, we dominated i think our our xg was like four and i don't pay attention too much in in, in football to the stats all although it's becoming more of a stats based 
uh, league in in sport, mm. almost like almost like uh, baseball over here. How analytics is controlling the game in in baseball, and yeah, I mean I echo everything you said. It was a three one defeat. It wasn't one of those where you look at it and like, oh man, we got killed. No, it probably if we would have taken our chances, it probably would have ended up three three and a three three draw. And yeah. We would have shared the points, and it would have been on to the next one. And I guess that's a segue into we all were building it up. Oh, how were Blades respond going down to London? You know, we had played Millwall about a month ago in the FA Cup and against the Millwall side that honestly looked like they were miles off of us. We went down there and just yeah. completely buried them, ran them out of the building, and and one I believe was two nil in the cup. And so I kind of was like, all right, this you know coming off a of defeat, you know now the pressure's cranked up. Borough are closing the gap. It's down to seven now. We're going to Millwall. We just recently beat them, and then we get what we get, and it's a defeat followed by another defeat and oddly i i was gonna say this at the end of the pod but i'll I'll say it now this is only the second time under hecky that we've suffered back-to-back defeats which is in all honesty it's pretty crazy of a stat that we've gone what a better part of a year a year and some change with with hecky in charge and we've only lost back-to-back games one other time yeah. So, I mean, if you're a betting man, you'll probably sway in the in the the way of saying that we should come away with a win against Watford because it's just the odds are are not against or not in our favor <laughs> to suffer a third straight defeat. Um what were your over overlying thoughts of the entire match? I guess summed up in before we get into it, summed up into like a uh, brief synopsis. Yeah, yeah. Millwall was was just a bizarre one because, again, another game where you go in and we're so much farther ahead in the table than them. And, you know, points wise, we, we should have been taking our chances in that match. And it ended up being so like back and forth. And I mean, you and I were doing the watch along during it. It was like, Oh, we're down, man. This sucks. We're, we're going to lose two matches straight to so like, Oh, we're right back in it. Let's go. And then, Oh, now we're down again. Well, this is the end of the world. You know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get relegated and Oh my gosh, we're back in. And like, no, we, we lost. Like it was, it was a roller coaster. And unlike against Middlesbrough where we were creating a ton of chances, our goals and our like, like, chances to get back into it were way fewer in this match. Mm -hmm. And the three goals we conceded were, I think a lot clearer and less like mistakes and like, Oh, that was a silly error and more just like now our our defense just wasn't at it on Saturday. Um, And so it really, while the score line was closer, it felt more of a defeat and like, yeah, we deserve to lose that one than against Middlesbrough. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. 100% 100% in that one. I mean, that Saturday actually felt like a defeat. The Borough game really didn't. Mm-hmm. And you come away from that one, and we're kind of licking our wounds and being like, wow, um, this really can happen. You know, all the talking heads and all the media, you know, any podcast you listen to. All, although I was I was still surprised 
I listened to to some of them this afternoon while I was working, and most of them, well, I say most of them, probably two out of the four podcasts I listened to had us still pipping Burrow for second in the league and going up automatically, which I think it, it's in a large part to the last five games of the season. We have yeah. probably the easiest run-in of if anybody in the last five games. So, you know, it would be in our favor to pick up max points throughout all of those games. And so, you know, if you were to give us easy 15 points there at the five, you know, last five games, although nothing in this, you know, we're figuring that out. Nothing in this <laughs> league is easy. Um, yeah. I think that's why the betting favorites are still with blades to go up automatically than uh, to – have the wheels come off and us drop into the playoffs. And then, you know, blades never go up via the playoffs. So basically the season's over then, but (laughs) I'm still, you know, after the game, I was a little, it kind of ruined my Saturday, but as I, you know, I got more time on after the game, it was one of those deals where I was just like, okay, yeah, it's, it's sucked to lose, but we still have a four point gap. Still have a game in hand. It's not yep. the end of the world. We can go back to seven and everybody can quiet back down whenever we play our, our game in hand, which I have honestly no idea when that is. So it could yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's in any anytime soon. I don't think it's anytime soon, like in March. I think it might be in April, but I I'm not I'm not sure. I haven't checked the this fixture list um past this weekend. Um so what do you say, Robert, we get into this match? And I do have notes, folks, for you guys in podcast land that are listening. Um, I actually sat down and, and highlighted a few you know, key moments of the match, kind of like Noah does. So we're going to see how this one works with Chaz at the helm of seeing, <laughs> seeing how this goes. So right off the bat, ball comes in from Mill- Millwall, and Wes gets clattered. And he goes down, and he's grabbing his knee. You know, they the training staff comes out. He was down for a bit. Got finally got up off the ground. Um, it was kind of limping around. And and mm-hmm. I'm I'm making mention of this moment because it's gonna it's gonna you know allude to you know a question I have for you later. But let me ask you first. When you saw Wes get banged into, did in you know it took him a bit to get up? Did you think he was injured, or do you just think it was just like a stinger? Okay, he's all right. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it it because initially it looked like he like got his ran into like his chest, so like maybe the wind got knocked out out of him or something. But then the fact that he was limping, the medical staff was looking at his leg. It definitely indicated more that oh he maybe landed funky or the other player came down on it or something. And that was a little bit more concerning. You saw Adam Davies, you know, lacing up the boots and getting warmed up on the sideline. And um, obviously he stuck in the, you know, stayed in the match and stuck with it. But uh, it definitely was a moment of concern for Blades fans right at the beginning of a match where you're trying to bounce back and get a win to lose your number one keeper when Adam Davies didn't put the most faith in us yeah, right? during the uh two matches against Wrexham yeah. uh, in the cup so I don't think a lot of folks wanted to see him again necessarily and that would was what we were headed towards if Wes wasn't able to kind of stay in 
could you imagine if if we did have oh you know the world would be falling <laughs> or, or the ceiling would be falling in in United Land if you know we lose we lose Wes oh man we gotta have Adam Davies he's got you know his track record isn't good in goal for Blades but you know good to see Wes get back up yeah and then yeah. fourth minute Bradshaw mark this one down highlight it underline it seventeen times Bradshaw has his first of many. Shots on target and test West with an easy shot that that West saves and you know like okay 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 he he's he's good he's good he's no no injury then we go to the sixth minute McBurney has the first shot but it fall and it falls to the keeper Long who then off of that ball getting caught by Long he outlets the ball to Ali Burke down the right hand side who has what Robert twenty yards. Of clear space around him, it was so bad. With like the the amount of like Jack Robinson hate that I try not to do because I actually like the guy. I like the long throws. I think he's the the mentality and the effort he brings to the the team is amazing. But you can't give Ollie Burke that much space. That Ollie Burke is not good with the ball. He's just fast, and when you give him space and don't step into him, he is gonna. All he's going to be able to do is just stay fast and you're not going to like make him actually make a decision or think about it or, you know, anyways, so it was just the wrong choice to make by giving Burke space and he was able to create the assist. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I'll I'll say it again, long outlet outlets, the ball to Ollie Burke and acres of space. I mean, dude had a country mile proceeds down the right hand side where he crosses the ball and it finds Bradshaw and he blows it right past Wesley. (laughs) <sighs> Millwall go up one nil inside of 10 minutes. And honestly, I'm going to allude to this too. It was all Millwall all the time. Blades trail six minutes. Millwall, your thoughts here. Did in, and I'll add, I'll caveat it with this. You know, when they showed the replay back being, it was on ESPN plus over here, sky over there, mm. we had more dedicated camera angles. Did it look like Wes was a bit injured when the goal comes in because he was like rooted to the spot almost? Yeah, I I don't know if I saw that. It was a very tight angle. Um, obviously, you know, Egan and him kind of both had opportunities to step in the way of the shot itself because it was coming from the right side of the goal, went right inside the post. I think he was probably. Maybe West was a little out of position, but I I personally on the replays didn't see anything where he looked hampered by an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's to say, like, it was only, you know, two or three minutes before that that he was on the ground getting looked at. So you got to know that that was somewhere in the back of his head at a minimum where sure. like, ooh, OK, can I make this kind of a move? Can I push off the way I want to? Um, a lot of folks in the watch along, you know, put it out in the chat and was like, hey, the- West was injured. Maybe that you know, it looks like he was hampered by something, but I personally didn't see that when I saw the replays or saw it live. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it was so close to the, you know, when the injury like happened in the first Mm -hmm. minute, I mean, it was only five minutes on that of, of the game that he was back in and, you know, it just looked like he, if, he was dealing with something that mm-hmm. limited his, his range of motion. And maybe if it was a fully healthy West, he, you know, stops that. But 
I don't know, inside of 10 minutes, Blades Trail, and we're like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to be in trouble. So back to the action. You would think after the Blades going behind a goal down, they would have possession and try to get level. And it was the complete opposite. 14th minute, Ali Burke has a shot that is saved by West. 16th minute, Fleming has a shout out from outside the box that is blocked. I mean, then you had back to back Bradshaw caught off offsides in the 17th minute. And then Ali Burke caught offsides again in the 20th minute. And Millwall just kept turning the screw, turning the screw. And Blades couldn't do anything. We would get the ball, West would outlet it, and we'd kick it downfield. And then we we couldn't hold possession. It's it's almost like what we've seen over the past month. You know, the for the most part, the goals kind of have dried up, but we're just we're doing the. I always hearken back to our prem season when we got relegated. Ramsdale would huff it down the, would just knock it down the the pitch. It would mm-hmm. try and find Ollie McBurney. He wouldn't be able to find it. It'd go over him, go underneath him. It bounced back to the opposing team, and they would come again. And that's what I kind of felt was going on in this game. That you know we would lump it forward. We'd lose possession, and Millwall would just keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's like... Yeah. I was about to say, one thing that we we noted was that there was a clear lack of link-up through the midfield um, and through the center of the pitch. And Millwall did an amazing job of closing down our wingbacks. I don't think Bogle and Lowe got more than two or three touches apiece in the first mm-hmm. half. It was not very much time on the ball for the two of them. And part of that might've been because we were just, Hey, we have two tall strikers. Let's lump the ball forward, try to hit McBurney or Jebison um, in the air. But the other part was without in die or someone else in a pure, like creative attacking midfielder role. We really lacked the ability to co- go through the middle. Um, Berga was absent. Doyle yeah. and Norwood were both dropping a bit too deep. And so it really gave Millwall so much time and space to close us down because we were very isolated and then they could win the ball easily and work up with the speed of Ollie Burke and others to just put pressure right back on our back line. Um, so I'm not surprised it, it took us so long to get into this match um, just because of those couple factors and resting one or two players. It, it really just derailed the identity of how we've played for the majority of the, of this season. Yeah, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. And after Brad or Ollie Burke was caught off, Side in the 20th minute, not really much happened in the game. 32nd minute, Fleming had a header from the outside of the box, and it was too high over over the goal. And the middle wall pressure continued. And then 38th minute, Jebo goes down and wins a free kick. And so we've got United have a pretty good shot from outside of the box. So Tommy Doyle steps up for the free kick, takes it, it goes on target. I don't know what Long was doing. He was completely <laughs> off his line. And Blades get a goal kind of really out of nothing. Yeah. Tommy Doyle's second goal of the season. And you look up and it's like, all right, we've been horrible. Second best in this game. And it's 1-1 one, one on, on, you know, game on. We could get something from this. And, you know, it's starting to turn around. Your thoughts on the goal there, 
there, Robert. Yeah, it was it was a really well taken free kick. Um, Doyle just curving it over the wall. Uh, when you watch the replay, kind of like behind him taking it, uh, you realize just how far out of out of position Long is. He is just putting his entire faith in in that wall. And if the ball goes over at all, he's basically conceded the entire uh, you know left side. If you're facing the goal, that whole left side was was conceded, and that's exactly where the ball ended up. And it wasn't even like super close to the post. It was a good three or four feet off inside the post, um, and it one of the angles that looked like long may have got a fingertip to it, or like he eventually got to the spot where the ball went through, but just the timing wasn't, wasn't able to get there. So as well as Tommy Doyle took it, I think there's more at fault with the Millwall keeper. Uh, just not, like you said, not being in the right position. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was uh, almost the, I, I, I don't know what it was. Honestly, it was just really weird how he set up and just, we were able to sneak the ball in, in, mm-hmm. And it's 1-1. And apart from that, after the goal, nothing really happened. Millwall had one miss. Shackleton had a shot, but it misses to the right. And the first half ends 1-1. Robert, your thoughts at halftime. Are we going to go and grab three points? Or is this going to be a Millwall team that's going to take all three points? Or are we going to draw it? Yeah, at, at halftime, I, I think I felt confident. I, I was saying, you know, we've got ourselves back in this match. Okay, Hecky gives one of his, you know, amazing halftime speeches, changes the fortune of the lads, you know, makes one or two subs early on in the half. We get Indai on there, we get Anel Ahmed Hadzic on the field, and and we go and win this thing, right? You know, like Millwall at that point, I think, was there to to still be beat. Um, the game was there for the taking. We could have still got three points, and it yeah, it didn't. It didn't turn out that way. <laughs> no, it definitely did not. And I'll allude to why Blades lose here coming up. So we start the second half, 48th minute. McBurney has a header in the center of the box, but it misses to the right. So the Blades definitely did come out of the second half, almost guns a blazing, yeah. wanting to go and get that second goal and be like, okay, this is the Blades we all knew. We're done messing around with Millwall. Let's go and let, let's go and get this second and let's take the lead. Then 50th minute, Jebo has an opportunity to put the blades in front. His ball to McBurney comes in, and the left-footed shot comes in from Jebo and is saved by long, still level. Then this is probably one or two times I'm going to mention his name all game. Sandy Barge has his header saved by long, and the blades come up, out. Like I said, the Blades did come out the better side, but it was only for about the first 15 minutes of the half. Yeah. And then that was it. Then the then the pendulum and all the momentum for some some odd reason swung back to back to Millwall. And it's like, all right, now, you know, going back when I when I was writing these these highlights. It's like you could almost feel it in the game. Like, okay, we started out so good, and then boom, Millwall's like, okay, you guys had enough fun. You didn't get your goal. Now it's on us, and we're yeah. going to be the better side as it as it was in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and in the middle of that spell where we had you know quite a few chances back to back to back, you also had the kind of odd substitute where Ben Osborne yeah. comes on for Tommy Doyle. And in the moment, I didn't think much of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, Doyle's coming back from an injury. Sure, he scored from a free kick, but that's not like, oh, this guy's playing amazingly well. You know, scoring a goal from open play feels a little bit different um, than a set piece goal. So for me, it didn't feel like that weird of a substitution. 
but I know like you mentioned it and throughout the end of the watch along, like the end of the game, it kind of kept popping up where it's like, Oh yeah, but that's Ben Osborne there. He's like, you know, one or two things that were just a little odd that he was doing or, you know, having him in the, the side versus someone else maybe takes one or two facets of our play out of it. So we did still create chances after he came on and we scored goals, but it may be attributed to a little bit different team dynamic for sure. Yeah. I wasn't really, you know, in, in, in United world on, if you're on the Twitters and all that stuff, that is the, the really question mark sub with bringing big pants on for, for Tommy Doyle. And honestly, he really didn't have an effect on the game. Um, but yeah, it was real question mark. And I've said this numerous times. I've said it on the watch along. I said it on the pod. Hecky is a good manager to set up a team prior to a match, mm-hmm. but we are, he is horrible in game manager. He almost reminds me of Gareth Southgate for England. Can't manage the, the game in the game. And it's like, it gets so frustrating. Like, why would you take Tommy Doyle off and just like put McAtee in and, and see how those two kind of counteract yeah, each other? In Because that in was the. That was the sub that he would make the entire season is mm-hmm. you you start Doyle and then you sub him off for McAtee. You start yeah. McAtee, you sub him off for Doyle. Mm-hmm. Like, heck, he's been doing this all year. And just recently, and maybe it's because of the injury, Osborne's kind of gotten back into that rotation of he kind of comes on late in the second half for a few minutes at left back or at, you know, in center midfield. And so it was almost like, heck, he was like, oh, yeah, we got to put Osborne on. It's, you know, halfway through the game kind of feel when he had McAtee on the bench that he could have replaced Doyle for and McAtee comes in and ends up scoring our second goal. So it's, it's one of those that if McAtee goes on there instead of Osborne in that moment, do we score a goal earlier? Do we give up the chance? I, I don't, I don't know, but um, definitely a, an odd substitution in that moment for, for everybody on the, on, you know, all of us, you know, Sunday morning managers or whatever, arm, yeah. armchair managers, as yeah. you say, you know, you're, you're judging the game afterwards. You're not in the moment like yeah. he is on the sideline. Of course. And, yeah. You know. I mean, you're, you're right. Uh, so here's Millwall's second goal, 63rd minute. Bradshaw makes it two as a cross from Volg Sammer comes in and Brett Bradshaw gets his head to it. West can't do anything about it. And uh, the lead up, the build up from this, Chris Basham, what are you doing? Millwall two, Blades one. Then I felt like I had my heart ripped out a little bit, but Chrissy Basham, uh, I don't know what he's doing there to set up that. And it just, it was just head in hands, one of those moments where you're just like, well, I think we're going to lose this one. Right. Yeah, it, it definitely took that like positive momentum out of the half. And, you know, we've got the goal back right towards the end of the first half. All of that was just immediately taken away. And and it really was like, OK, this is now two games where our defense has conceded multiple goals. And we just didn't look like we were going to convert our chances again on offense. So that absolutely in the moment, I think that's that's why the roller coaster of emotions really happened was because it felt so like, well, that's obviously Millwall's going to win now. Like they mm-hmm. just scored that kind of a goal against us after we don't score with our best chances of the match up to that point. Yeah, it was it felt pretty bleak. 
Yeah. Uh, 70th minute, we get a corner. Norwood, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good corner. It came in and it fell to like six blades players in the box, and yet we cannot get it over the line. Long gets it and it's saved. And it's you're like, our opportunities are coming so far, you know, so far in between. Are we gonna get a goal? And you felt like that was our best chance of the game to just like bang it over the line. And it's just like, what do you do when we can't score yeah. from point blank range out and long makes a save? Yeah, and and that one was was just like Basham doing all he could to 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 try his best. I think he he had a chance with the head and a chance with the foot, and still nothing going in there. And good on Long for just like standing his ground, but that that one hurt the most because that was as clear a chance as we had, I think, in the whole of the second half, including the the goal. But I I honestly that was like tough yeah. tough to tough to watch for sure. No, I I. I agree with you a hundred percent it's just like man when you when it's not your day it's not your day but then McAtee comes on and we'll go to the we'll go to the blade second goal McAtee 82nd minute 82nd minute levels the game with a right footed shot from the six yard box goes into the top right corner blades level game on we're gonna get it Mm, then I'm gonna be spoiler and and ruin (laughs) everybody's day here in a few minutes but what were your thoughts when this goes in and the scoreboard's two two game on? We're gonna get a third, or we're gonna yeah, draw. It, it it definitely felt like okay, we've got a point. Let's see if we can get a third. But you know the the just the excitement of like oh my gosh, we might not lose this game after we just yeah. it felt so bad and like so much like we've missed all our chances and to finally have one go in to have it be McAtee who came on late and you know. It it really was just like a sigh of relief, like, oh, yes, cool. Okay, we're not going to lose. We're going to get a point. The gap's not going to go down to four points in the table. Like, all is well with the world. And, and yeah, it, <laughs> just to get that sucked right back at it. Yeah. Out of you. Um, yeah, based on how the game was going, I said, well, I 2-2 you know, now. You know, we got a shot. We might be able to get all three points. At worst, we're gonna we're gonna take one, and everything's gonna be okay. And then 88th minute, he was about to get subbed off. Literally, yeah. if it waited oh, another yeah. 30 seconds, he was gonna get yanked off. <laughs> I put in my notes: Bradshaw about to get subbed off, gets his hat trick as a cross comes in, a beautiful cross comes in from Fogelsammer, and it falls to the feet of Bradshaw, and he just he, he slots it home. Three true blades trail. This one's over and it's curtains. This one, the better team to, is is about to take all three points. Yeah, it definitely felt like that for sure. The question I have for you, Robert, what do you make of six goals in two games and our lackadaisical slash shaky defense? The I believe coming into this game or prior to the Burrow game, we had the least amount of goals conceded. Right. At like yeah. 23. Yeah, I think we're up about 29 now with the six yeah, goals. Yeah, it's either 29 or 30, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Thoughts on the, the <laughs> defensive lapses we've had in the last two games. Yeah, so so like I, I alluded to earlier, the, the Wednesday match was mental errors and just like silly mistakes. That's what it mm-hmm. felt like, right? You, you're doing a math test. 
you forget to carry the one and your number comes out wrong and you know, okay, whoops, I got the answer wrong. Saturday felt like we just didn't know how to do math at certain yeah. points, right? Yeah. And to to let Bradshaw get three goals in the way that we conceded the goals for some of them, it just it felt like we were set up wrong. Like we couldn't win the game because the players and the way we were playing was wrong. Not like, Oh yeah, we missed that one tackle and Oh yeah. Whoops. We had a bad pass back or something. And like they intercepted us in a weird vulnerable, vulnerable spot. It was more like our team just wasn't good enough defensively. Um, Now Anel never came in the match and that's going to be part of it. Um, Why we don't sub Kieran Clark on at any point in this match. Also, you know, some folks had some questions if he's on the bench, if he's supposedly back on the grass, ready to go, why is he not, been back in the side um you know things like that and then on the front end how much how much does it matter again we didn't really see him get involved even once he came on Illman and die mm-hmm. um but we rest him for a game against a team who's currently seventh in the table but we play him for two like almost two full matches including a replay against uh Wrexham in a yeah. comp- competition that we're never going to win yeah. against the national league side. Yeah. So if, if Indai needs a rest, why is he playing in that match? And not this one, you know, th- those types of questions are something that we need to be asking Hecky. And he did give answers. He said dead leg was part of the reason why he didn't train at least leading up to the match on Saturday. And so we kind of knew he was going to be taken off and given a breather, but there are other like, Okay, this has happened multiple times now. Why why does it keep happening? Um that it just kind of back of your mind, it's starting to play the same tune over and over again. Mm-hmm. And we need we need to see something change with how we're approaching these big matches because we have more of them coming. Yeah, and in the crazy thing is too, as you were making your point, it was kind of going through my head, you know, heck he doesn't necessarily want to go in you know, change it up at the back now, because if we go and get beat again against Watford and we get kind of like hammered, Mm. you know, then he's going to start to take a little bit of heat. Oh man, he doesn't know what to do. He changed the lineup and it clearly didn't work. He should have stick with what's got him there the whole, the whole uh, season this far. And then if he doesn't change and he puts in the back three, Egan, Jackie Long throw and Amon Hodzic, and we still get battered, they're going to be like, well, why didn't he change the lineup? Why did he go right, with no, the no, same? No, absolutely. So it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's like, I'm, you know, I've, I've said I, I never want to be in that spot. I don't envy being the manager at this point where yeah. we're coming off the back of back to back defeats. Then you're going to, we, good thing we do have an entire week to Watford on Saturday. And, so at least it gives us the time to like train and get everybody back and you know re- a full week's rest. You know we're gonna have a, a couple of days over Watford because they played as of recording Monday night. Mm-hmm. So that gives us an extra couple of days over him. But you know he's in a spot of bother now. You know if he doesn't do this and he's gonna get criticized no matter what. Man, right. the only thing that can happen this weekend and no none of the critics will. will will come up is if we go and beat Watford emphatically two, three nil and show everybody be like, Hey, Watford's coming on. 
you know, they're they're on the edge of the playoffs. Blades went and beat them and beat them soundly and kept a clean sheet against the top, say, top half side, you know, as we should be in this league. But it is a uh, – it's not a fun place to be a United backroom staffer. Yeah. <laughs> with with so much heat on you and, in, 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 you know, you can see that big clock up there and the, the days are winding down and the games are getting fewer and fewer and the tension just ratchets up one level after one level after one level. Yep. Oh man. Ah, we'll have to see <laughs> what happens on, on Saturday, but um, Robert, after this long winded answer, blades full time three, two, what do you do leading up to Watford? If you're Paul, we'll, we'll, we'll call you Robert Paul Heckingbottom Kitson <laughs> Jr. The third. Um, what do you do to solve the issues and get a different and, and get a come out with a winning result Saturday? Yeah, well, certainly um, I would like to see an L back in the side and and die back in the side. Mm-hmm. Um those two changes need to happen uh, as much as I like Jebison. I think he and McBurney can't play up top together. No. You need to have someone who is creative and is dropping deeper like Illiman to play alongside McBurney. Mm-hmm. That link has to be there to the midfield. No question that has to happen. Um, I think if you put Ahmed Hodzic back in for Basham, uh, the creativity and kind of confidence that you give the right side, it allows Bogle to not feel like he has to drop deep and defend constantly. And Bogle can go make stuff happen on the right-hand side. The other change I would make is probably putting McAtee in for Doyle. At this point, I'm now thinking like, okay, is that too attacking focused? Am I, am I going all out too, too much? But honestly, Watford's good. They're going to be good. They, they have a lot of attacking talent and Ishmael Asar. They have, uh, I, I don't know if you've gotten a chance. I watched the a little bit of the game today um, where they played West Brom and uh, Kone, the, the lad from Canada that we were linked with um, who came over in the January transfer window. Holy smokes, he looks good on the ball. And I, and I saw that last year um, when I was watching some of the MLS playoff matches that he was playing in. I was like, man, he's good. He came in for Canada and looked good. He's playing for Watford now. He looks good. Like mm-hmm. He is a confident man on the ball. He can run. He can tackle. So the midfield, I think, is where we have to focus our energies. And if yeah. Norwood can have a good game, no, no problems. Norwood, yeah. on his best this season, is can take that whole Watford team on, in my opinion, but we have to have him working. We have to have Berger working. And honestly, that's where I'd put McAtee in. Cause McAtee's kind of the hot foot right now. He's scoring goals. He's making stuff happen. Um, even if there's a little bit less defensive solidity, I, I don't care. I'd rather have more goals than knowing that Watford is as good as they can be. They're going to get one or two goals past us regardless. So we might as well go and score more than them. That that'd be my approach this weekend is score yeah. more goals than Watford. Yeah, I, I I hope it's that easy this weekend. Um, at well, I don't even know if you can call it Fortress Bramall Lane anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it should be very interesting. Uh, come Saturday, three p.m. kickoff. This pod is going to come out after our. I did a pod, uh, a video pod that that 
if you guys listening to this pod have not checked it out, jump on YouTube, Red Hat for Sheffield. I sat down with the guys that, man, these guys are, they're, I don't know, they're they're my favorite. So far, we, we've done twice with these guys. And the guys for the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast just cracked me up. I think the whole video is like 45 minutes long. It's just them saying how bad Watford are, and I asked them what they're going to do to to revive their season. And we we do talk Blades versus Hornets Saturday at Bramall Lane, so check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a great watch and listen. Even though now I can put a face to what the listeners haven't the listeners of the pod now can see our faces, right? Which is, is, you know, I've been all, I've been told that I have a face for radio, but um, there's neither here nor there, but yeah, definitely check that out. Um, yeah. And I think that's all the time we have for this episode of the red half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, I just alluded to it. Our YouTube channel, the red half of Sheffield, look us up. Uh, if you want to follow the pod, on Twitter at Red Sheffield, on Facebook at the Red Half of Sheffield, Mister Kitson, where can the people of Twitter sphere and social media land find you? Yeah, uh, at Captain Cosa, C A P T N C O S A, talking all the different sports, blades, soccer, football, baseball. Although Nick hates when I talk about baseball, so doesn't matter. Nick, you're not here. This is not your <laughs> podcast. This is not your channel. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cjarvis underscore 13. And until this Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff at Bramall Lane, up the blades, Robert. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Hey, everyone. Really quickly, Chad mentioned at, towards the end of the podcast the YouTube video that we did with the Watford guys from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. If you'd like to listen to that as opposed to watching it on YouTube, we've included it here on the back of the podcast here. So enjoy. Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield's new um, video, I guess we're going to call it. Um, I am joined by the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast trio of Justin, Peter, and Carlos. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, It's nighttime in England. It's afternoon in the States. How are you guys doing? If you guys who tuned into the podcast at the beginning of the season listened to our first installment with the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, this is going to be a badass one. This is going to be a fun podcast slash video cast, whatever we're calling it. So, guys, how are you doing? No pressure, no pressure then. No pressure. No, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll just let you down now, Chad. Yeah, doing all right, mate. Doing all right. Yeah, that's that's bad. fine. I'm I'm okay with being let down. The blades at the moment are are probably going to let me down. So, uh, yeah. What do you say we get into it? Um. So, guys, let me ask you this. I guess we'll we'll give this question to the floor and whoever wants to answer it. What are your honest thoughts on Watford season as a whole to this honest. day? 
You want the honest for Yes, no. I want the honest opinion. February 19th, 2023. Give me the honest opinion of Watford's season. Yeah, it's been disappointing. Bit... Would be my yeah, word, I think. That's cool. That's being kind there. That's that's a that's a kind one. Yeah, I, I would say a shit show. It's been um it's been all over the place. Absolute crackerjack of a season. So yeah, and Peter, I'll leave it leave it up to you to round this question off. <laughs> no pressure then. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I think shit show just about covers it. I think anybody other than Sheffield United might listen to this and go, "Oh my God, you're really entitled. Look at you. You're in. Where are we now? Eighth. Why aren't we obscenely happy?" Well, y- you'll get it. Sometimes momentum just affects everything, and the 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 thing that we haven't had this season has been any momentum. Um, you know, we have we have been the proverbial rabbit on a trampoline it's been up and down up and down up and down um the performances have not been great the football has not been scintillating we've gone through our one obligatory manager straight away who is then wound up in in charge of Luton Town and is is doing a reasonable job there until until Burnley went and turned them over yesterday that was a shame eh um but 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 our season has been one of uh massive injuries um, we we ended up with one at one point sixteen of the first team squad unavailable. I mean, I, I challenge anybody to to be able to kind of deal with that in the uh, in the championship and, and and get away with it for very long. We most certainly didn't. Um, we had uh, we had a change from as I say from Rob Edwards, who's now at uh, at Luton Town. That was supposed to come with a big change of culture because everybody who's listening will know that Watford we change our manager about as regularly as Carl changes his underpants, which is about once a month for, for the record. <laughs> um, it's um, uh, with that, that that well, yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm counting turn, taking them off and turning oh, them around again. It's a change. Right I got yeah, you. yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, I, when I when I say turnover, I really do mean. Both, both pants and indeed my stomach. So it's kind of, it's been one of those things where we really hoped we were going to go in one direction, that we were going to be solid, that we weren't going to be turning around to everybody after two and a half months and going, yeah, yeah, we've done it again. But instead, uh, on a flip, the, the 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 owner of the club changed the changed the manager. No no big problem with the manager who's come in, uh, apart from the fact that he's you know shock horror inherited all the problems that his predecessor already had which is the fact that the squad has been strangely assembled by some very strange people our january transfer window has basically been spent trying to unpick the july transfer window uh because it was a crock of shit um and now we have a new technical director so we're now going in a new direction which means we're looking at the 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 owner and thinking are you supporting the current manager or is it just your latest toy, who's your technical director that you're now? That seems to be how it is. So, you know, same day, you know, or different day, same shit, really. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, you you alluded to my next question. So Rob Edwards gets the sack and then you bring in Slavin Bilic. What are your thoughts on the appointment of Slavin Bilic, who, you know, I, I didn't reach out to you guys when he got appointed, but I thought it was a little bit of a question mark for Watford. And it, it just didn't seem a right fit when he got appointed. What so so what are your guys' thoughts, you know, in his era? And he's got what, three, four months left till he gets a sack? 
Yeah, yeah pretty right much. I, I, I don't know. I think um, I think he, he definitely split the room. I think Billich, as a as a player, um, was the kind of person that we we were always looking for somebody that's going to lead from the front and and so forth. So we were hoping he was going to bring that into the into the dressing room. Um, tactically, definitely does some things that you think. Does he has he played football before and substitutions and and, and <laughs> so forth? But I don't know. I'm actually I'm a big fan of his. I, I think he um, is the right man for the for the club. I just feel that he hasn't been as previous managers. He hasn't been supported properly in the transfer window. The transfer window that Peter mentioned uh, in July was was abysmal. You know the players that we we, we brought in. You, you saw him once, and you're like, "This isn't moving the club forward." So there's a there's a a little bit of that in terms of trying to get something that works for him, you know. It, and and I honestly and truthfully believe that he has no input into the players that come into the club. He's given the players to work with, and that's it. You know, uh, it, it's up to him as a as a coach rather than a a manager to to get the best out of them. But for me, I I do like him. Um, I just think that the operation as a whole, Watford behind the scenes is a little bit crooked and bent at the moment. So we we need to get that right for for him to be able to show what he can do. Okay, so we have Carl in the in the Billich in category. Justin, you were about to chime in. So well, are we are we about to split the room here and go one and uh, one here? Well, I don't think his appointment split the fan base i think the whole fan base were like what are you doing because uh rob edwards was supposed to have been backed come hell or high water that was the phrase so when rob edwards was moved on and 15 minutes later slavin billich was appointed it was very much staying on that where stop stop pause and the, the the reaction we got from fans was enough's enough stop this and there was a big pot so out kind of cry that sort of went with that fast forward to where we are now <clears throat> i'm not sure there's a massive improvement in the football uh i don't think i'm seeing any difference uh, where rob edwards if he just stayed on i can't see any difference that billich has made to be honest um so yeah just for the sake of i can't be doing with another manager coming in until at least the end of the season i'm billich in but that's not because, Two. yes. But that's not because he's um, done anything miraculous or wonderful. It's just because I can do without any more disruption till the end of the season, and then we'll look at it again. Uh, and I'm sure it will be. I don't think he's going to be here yeah, next I season. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. And so we are two to nil <laughs> right now, Peter. Surely this isn't going to be three nil. This is going to be two one here. This is going to because you. I mean, you know, there is a, there is a slight there is a slight fractioning within the support base, but not entirely because the difficulty is, and anybody who looks at Watford and thinks about all of the things that you'll see on the news will think that they know and they understand Watford. And of course, like every football club, it's a bit more nuanced than that. In this case, not so much. Um, but because what has happened is over the last. 10 to 12 years is every time something's not going right there's a change of manager and so we we do a, we do a phone in and it's changed a bit the culture you'll have certain people who will come on the phone in and go it's not going well fire the manager 
and you'll also have people who come on and now say fire the manager because the last manager was supposed to be being brought on on this basis of a long-term sustainability it was a different um kind of cultural fit that we were trying to change and they just went nah rip that up go back to where we were and he got sacked after a league record of three wins five draws and two defeats so when you're on 13 games and two wins in the last in the in you know in the uh in the most recent for slav there's a number of people who are coming back saying well in that case and on that same logic why is why why are we allowing him to stay mm-hmm. um and it's, it's more about calling the owner out around the earlier faux pas than it is about saying slavin's not doing a good job because he's had that aforementioned injury crisis to deal with he's had to deal with the, the technical director from hell and then we've now got another technical director and another head of scouting none of whom seem to be actually getting what he requests so we appreciate the fact that we don't want a turnover all the time we would like somebody to, to, to stay but our suspicion is at the end of this season he will probably be let go and what will happen is a head coach will be brought in who is aligned to the new technical director that okay. is that that is the very strong very strong suspicion but we also kind of get people who come on and go well maybe we're part of the problem because if every time something goes wrong the discussion becomes about we'll change the manager then we become a self-fulfilling prophecy we don't want to be that we would really like to be a club with a fixed identity that we can support and get behind like most football fans that's what you want your club to do you want it mm-hmm. to represent you not just be in constant constant turmoil yeah, no, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, you guys turn managers over, like you said, like Carl wears his or changes his underwear. I mean, like it's, it, my underwear again. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's crazy. And it's like, I didn't think you guys got off to the worst start in the season. And then all of a sudden you make the manager change and it's like, okay, then it, it you know, you watch Watford and I'm not going to lie since we had you guys on the start the season, I had one eye on Watford because I was like, well, you know, they're going to be aside from Burnley, they're probably going to be our closest title or, or automatic promotion rivals. And then it's like blades got off to st- such a hot start and had, a, uh, you know, established a gap over, you know, the, the chasing pack. And it's like, we're looking around for Watford. And it was like, I was hoping we would be competitive with like the likes of Watford and Norwich. And now here it comes. It's, it's burrow as the wheels are proverbially falling off of the blades train right now. Um, But, you know, it would have been fun to have a little back and forth with Watford and, you know, where you guys sit in the table. It's like, if, if blades do fall down, you know, it's, it's almost setting up like it's going to be a blades and, and, and Watford, playoff if the wheels come completely off and and you know i'm i'm gonna allude to this in our podcast but if blades drop out a second i want us to drop completely out of the playoffs because we're just gonna get steamrolled by any team that that plays us but it's it's crazy how everybody's team they have their individual problems and then you look at you guys and it's like every three four five months it's just another manager coming in and it's another yeah it's yeah. the I same think, thing think... when you're in the prem too oh but yeah i mean well the theory there is what got you here isn't necessarily going to keep you here when we go to the premiership which which is which is probably fair to say and we, we've 
we've we've seen that be reasonable but we've also seen the model sort of wear out wear thin and and what it really comes down to is this lack of consistency in the direction we're going i think the bringing in of this new technical director who is ben manga who came from eintracht frankfurt who is one of you know he, he was getting him as a real coup we've also got a lady called helena costa who is the head of scouting she came across with him she is former uh, Benfica youth team coach and uh, back back till you know, kind of start of the millennia and then she's been doing some some really good stuff. I think the long term looks like it's starting to plan. The problem is the long term is going head on with the what do we do now constancy that we have in terms of this turnover about it's not working this week. So Gino Pozzo, our owner, kind of changes changes the manager. It, it's difficult in terms of the football that 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 we saw from Slavin Bilic. He did make an impact when he came in um, because, you know, we talk about Rob Edwards as though what he did was really good. In terms of hard statistics, it was there. The football was woeful. It was rubbish. He was an idiot as far as I'm concerned. He played our best player from last season. I mean, he's ruined him for the season, who was a left wing back. We played him on the right side and it was almost like he was trying to say, well, I want to play this shape and you haven't given me a right wing back. And we've been discussing this all summer. Mm-hmm. So he played the least applicable person there and then we're surprised when we got undone lots and lots and lots of times however you've got to have sympathy for him because the as we said already the transfer window to try and support him was a was was a nonsense it was it was it was rubbish when slaven came in he put square pegs in square holes right mm-hmm. the, the phrase square pegs in round holes i mean we've we've practically worn it out okay but slaven came in and did that and he took us from where we were which was 12th up to around third the injury crisis we had has been unprecedented. We had six midfielders; every single one of them was injured. We went and got a free uh, a free agent to come in. He got injured. We had one game against Norwich where we had three players go down with hamstrings. We've had a ridiculous number of of, of things go against him. Now, they, though, there may be underlying reasons for that, and those have been debated long and hard. But dealing with that sort of thing in the middle of it. That's why people who've got sympathy for Slavin have sympathy for him. What we do like is his is his kind of Croat, kind of Balkans, straightforward talking. You know, mm-hmm. w- when we've been shit after a game, he's come out and said, we were shit. Yeah. And you go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go Fair with enough. that. You know, somebody who's not just going to die on the, on, the, on the hill of PR and, you know, bland stuff, he, he comes out and says it. So I think we've got time for him, but I think we can see that it looks like that there is a... Possibly, again, another kind of fracturing between him on one side, the technical support team on another, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, at the end of the season, whether you get, you know, promotion or, I mean, go up through the playoffs or you stay in in championship, you'll, you'll probably change managers again. And that's, I mean, at some point that has to stop. And they have to find a guy that they're gonna, you know, back for a, a that bit. was that was supposed to be Rob Edwards though. That was supposed to be Rob Edwards. Like so. it, 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 to me, it doesn't make any sense. It's like in in what you guys said at the beginning of the season, like they gave Rob Edwards all this backing and everything, and they're like, okay, we're not we're not just gonna at the drop of a hat just take him out, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, he's gone. It's like. Well, I mean, who would who would want to go into Watford 
and take the head coaching role. Plenty, plenty of managers still want to do it. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that, you know, as I say, you look at it from the outside, it looks bonkers, but you've also got to appreciate and, and, and I, and I appreciate that we've, we've been horrible for about three years, but we had seven years under the Potsos, under this model, that were unprecedented levels of success. That the mm-hmm. only time we as a club, you know, we're a small commuter town on the edge of London, that there's no there's no end of ease to get away from us, put it that way. Um, and we, we had seven years that recreated football, the likes of we only experienced under under Graham Taylor and Elton John in the late seventies and, you know, kind of eighties. And you can tell by, you know, Graham Taylor was, was a, a, a God to, it is a God to our club because he just, he, he was, he was just touched by the hand of God, literally. And Elton John. Now there aren't too many Elton Johns around for us to be able to kind of uh, uh, enjoy. It has to be something pretty different. They came in with a plan and it worked. And the answer is there are always more coaches able to come in and play because the Potsos look at the coach as, you know, far more as, I mean, to take a US uh, sporting organization, they will see him as a head coach, literally that, mm-hmm. that you would bring in, you would put him in and then you'd take him out and you bring another one in and he'd have all of the infrastructure of, you know, all the defensive coaches, all of the scouting, all of the organization, all of the, all of the other elements that will, will go around a team. And it's one role. The problem with 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 soccer this side of the uh, of, of the pond, and yes, I use soccer in, out of respect for your <laughs> for your background. Wow. Now. But here, right, is the fact that the alternative is you bring in a manager and he rips out everything that's there and he brings in all of his stuff afresh. And one of two things happen in the Potsdam model, as far as they're concerned, he'll succeed. In which case, like Marco Silva, he'll be poached by Everton after nine games. And then you rip out all of that infrastructure and it goes, and then you're starting all over again, Mm -hmm. or he'll fail as a head coach, just that role, preparing the team, Monday through to Saturday, basically that that's the role. And if he does that, we want to be able to get rid of him and transplant him back in. Now that worked for the first seven years, but after about seven years, you've got you, you've been spending such a lot of money on compensation for salaries for, for for head coaches, and normally their assistant will go as well. And we've ended up with this hodgepodge of support systems from some eras and some eras and some eras. There's just nothing cohesive anymore. What it needed and what we said at the start, it needed a reset. It sort of got it. And then they realized, oh, no, it's not. And I think what they're trying to do now with this technical director from uh, uh, from from Eintracht Frankfurt, Ben Manga, is go, it needs it to be root and branch throughout all areas of the technical uh, side of the club. So we will see. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him bring in um, a... a a, shall we say a German experienced mm-hmm. coach? Um, we, we we've got one man whose name is always mentioned, not because he's connected, but he's almost like the Kaiser Soze. He almost represents this this new stalking horse of a manager who's going to come in and play and understand that what's needed with this new technical director. So we'll see if it happens. But um, you know, we've we've got a ten year track record that suggests that actually no, it can go on. Mm-hmm. It's old, yeah. but there you go. No, that makes sense. Uh, I mean. It's crazy because, you know, I mean, Blades have been, I'd say, I guess once we, once we installed Heckingbottom in the middle of last year and, you know, we've been Mm -hmm. kind of in good form and, you know, we look at, look back at last year and if we would have just kept him in in form from when we got relegated to the Prem, we probably been up last year, but, you know, the past is the past and it is what it is, but, you know, now we've installed Hecky for an which is going to be an entire season. 
and he gets us out to a comfortable lead in the promotion races. And then, you know, I I've said it before many a times. I don't think he's a very good in-game manager. He sets up a very well team, very well coached team and a very, very good team lineup to start the game. But in game, he like locks up and he's like, Oh, what do I do? What changes do I make? What changes do I make? And you know, we haven't, we haven't faced the stiffest competition in, in the championship. Cause I mean, to be fair, you, you have a, a certain amount of teams. And I mean, for the longest part, you could have said it was blades and Burnley that were, were class above this division. And then everybody else were kind of in and around the same caliber of, of sides. And, you know, anybody could be anybody in this league. We all know that. But it's like now the Blades have kind of dipped down and Burrow are coming out of nowhere. I mean, they've had an unprecedented run in the last, I don't know, two months. And so now Blades are having a wobble and they look like they're the third best team in this league. And they're almost closer to the rest of the league than Burrow and Burnley are. So it's, you know. I, I, think, to... I think it comes down it comes down to momentum yeah. you got away with a running start but there there comes a point psychologically and, and if you want to talk about you know a club knowing what it's like to get to christmas and then stop playing getting on the you know we're already on the beach is practically our club motto it seemed for the last few years right yeah. is the fact that burnley are probably too far away for you to catch yeah yeah and everybody else was kind of a little bit too far away to, to to get you unless somebody went on an extraordinary run. Enter Michael Carrick at Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. And sudden and suddenly, you know, you've got you've got other diversions in the cup, classic, classic stuff, you know, in terms of in terms of that. And it's suddenly hard to maintain just to just to be able to be out in front all the time, never being able to quite catch the gold, mm-hmm. but but not being you know not really being chased so you're sort of semi easing up you know you might you might be playing it safe in games because a point is good enough mm-hmm. and suddenly it starts to get it's not good enough and suddenly you've got to get back up that gear again and it's very hard as we all know in football to if you come down a gear to get back up to the next one again and your yeah. squad your squad starts to be become exhausted we i mean we you know because of the injury crisis we're hoping we actually get some impetus as we're now starting to see some of these players back coming back mm-hmm. so some of those players that we've been speaking about which kind of absolutely ruined our forward line and devastated the midfield we've now got back so you know we we're certainly going to be hoping that uh, that come saturday um and you know other games as well that that we've now got a bit of a freshness in our step and that we've got a goal that we're going for and I think that's somewhere where you guys perhaps find yourself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the better part of a, I'd say a month, aside from the cup, we've been absolutely terrible in the league. I mean, we've just kind of been dragging, you know, dragging along in the league, and you know, we've just been good enough to get by the the teams we're playing, you know when it should have been probably one point we we managed to scrap a goal late and and take all three points and i feel like the middlesbrough defeat i mean if we played like we did in that game and we played pretty good in that game you know middlesbrough credit to them they took their chances three goals we missed our chances only got one goal if we play like that we're probably going to go up automatically but also you look at prior to that, the games that we were kind of almost 
limping along and we weren't getting the best out of our, our midfield players and our attacking players and even our defenders, you know, we were still getting three points. And I thought that Middlesbrough game would be a wake up call for us and be like, okay, Borough are on our heels. Now this is not a, you know, Hey, from way back there. uh, Oh, you took points off of us. That's, that's cool. But you're still at a gap. Then you go and play middle or Millwall and you drop points again. And the gap, Titans even closer it's down to seven points yes we have a game in hand and all I understand all that but I think it's gonna get in between the players the blades players heads and you know we're we're not dumb they all are on the internet and they're on social media they listen to what's being talked about is this a blades wobble are they gonna drop our, our burrow coming out of out of nowhere and going to jump them for a second, you know, because we have such a tough run coming up. Is this going to be where the blades wobble and inevitably fall away and, and burrow go up automatically? You've got to think the blades are going to, you know, blades players are going to listen to that. And, you know, it's how they respond to criticism. And I thought we would go and get a result and we were second best against Millwall yesterday. We didn't even deserve to get two goals, but Millwall, you know, they had defensive lapses and we we got level, but then we go and have a third defensive lapse and Bradshaw nets a hat trick. And it's like, what are you doing? You give up six, you give up six goals yeah. in two games. Yeah. Call us. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's unbelievable. It makes me scratch my head. It's like, what, what's going on here? So, I mean, uh, I'm just, I, to, just I, to put a little bit of light on our season. I think, and I hope this is a little ray of light. Okay, now would be a good time for us to find momentum. You're going to see positivity from me. I here. know. I'm I'm strapped. Stand by. Stand by. Now would be a good time to put a run together for us. Okay. Now, in terms of playoffs and promotion, listen, it's it's always about the the informed team that if you're not in the top two, it's about the informed team that gets through the playoffs. We've had a season riddled with injuries, mm-hmm. like proper injuries. A lot of key players have been injured. Um, as Peter alluded to earlier on, it was a match where everybody's walking off with hamstring injuries. Okay. A lot of our players now are back. Um, so we've now got Gio Pedro back, losers back. <clears throat> we've also improved our squad immensely from the summer. So if we are going to do anything at Watford, now is the time. Okay, Perfect. now is the time. So um that's been our inconsistency. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I, I don't follow Sheffield United, so I don't know what your inconsistency is. I know you have gone away to explain it there. Um, but what I think our inconsistency is, it doesn't help to chopping a manager out off, well, halfway through the season. Who are we kidding? Two, <laughs> 11 games into the season. Um, but the, the injuries that we've suffered have been, you know, fairly horrendous. And I think that if we are going to do it, now is the time. Having said yeah. that, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered if we get promotion. The club are bothered because they they bet everything on promotion. Mm-hmm. Everything's all or nothing now, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be some serious ramifications if we don't go up financially because we've done the parachute money. Yeah. Uh, so, so yes, it'd be nice to be promoted, but only if we're going to learn from the mistakes that we've made this season, improve on what we've done. And do something different going forward because we keep making the same mistakes, going to be back down again, and it's still going to be, um, you know, suffering what we've suffered. Well, I say suffering this season. You could be Huddersfield, you could be Wigan. There's yeah. so many other teams below us that would go. What are you moaning about? Like you said earlier, right? How? Yeah. 
However, no. if we're going to do it now, you've got to do it now. It's starting uh, tomorrow is it, night. Is this a war cry, Justin? This feels like a war cry. I think they should go on to the Watford. Uh, I think they should play this before they go out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think... Your face going the on, on the now. screens, on the screens, mate. Time on the screens, pre match. Yeah, his face. No, nobody's seen his face. It's always half covered by a microphone. That's <laughs> fine. I like to keep he... a bit of mystery, Peter. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, keep it. Sorry to rant off on your podcast there, nah. but the, the fact is, there's no excuses now. You can't come out with injuries. No, well, they're back. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we got, no, 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 you got a new technical director. How oh, was it? No, 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 no. We're sorted. Go, go do it now. And I bet you we won't, because we've got no team spirit, uh, no real pride in the shirt, and um, enormous wages where players know that there isn't really any pressure on their positions and they'll get picked anyway. Yeah, no, no. I... You were doing so well. You were doing I know, so well. He tailed off right at the end. He tailed off. Drop the plate I'm, at the end. Well, I'm going to be a little ray of sunshine for Sheffield United supporters. Yeah, here. here we go. This because because if 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 I do anything well, it's pander to an audience. Obviously, um, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned in terms of I mean because we've we've been looking at, at, at your last five games and obviously you know Hull one nil that's too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. Rotherham Rotherham nil nil mm-hmm. that's that's the one that sends up the distress flares. Yeah, boring, you know, we, boring, we boring, boring. But. Of, of the two defeats that you just had, which are going to be, you know, your uh, Middlesbrough are on a roll like nobody has expected, nobody has seen. They also went and did, and this is one of the things that always makes me absolutely scream, is when people turn around and go, well, I think the manager and the people at the club know what they're doing. We've been asking for Cameron Archer for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knew how good this kid was. Go and get him. And he lit them up. They mm-hmm. played us off the park only a few weeks ago. They are the informed team in the, in, in, in the championship. You know this. Millwall have taken six points off of us. They've they've done us five for naught over two games, right? No, no. Not, not even got to within a sniff of the goal. However, they tend to be a little bit like the rest of the the the, the championship, which is they can be hot and cold. Mm-hmm. You know, what we talk, people turn around and talk about Ismail Assar, and we go, really? Crikey, you want to see him when he's not on those little clips that they show on, you know, because really for long periods of time, he's shit. The championship is like that. Everybody is so inconsistent. You have hit two clubs who are really hitting it at the right time, who have gone into those games looking at you and going, these are six pointers. You know, Middlesbrough knew that the other night, if they if they, if they lost that, you were probably away and over the hill. Yep. They were far more motivated than your guys, who were a little bit, yes, performance anxiety, but also, you know, they were caught in that mindset of, you know what, a draw's good enough. Mm-hmm. And that is that's a nightmare to have. You'd have had it again, and we know, you know, we know the coach at at, at Millwall, Paul Robinson, because he's a, he's an ex Watford legend, Watford legend, full stop. Um, and they are very much in his and Gary Rowett's image. They are up at it. They are in your face. They also play a lot of football, which goes uncredited. We played there, and Bradshaw got a hat trick against us as well. And then he didn't mm-hmm. score for ages, and then he gubs you. It's one of those things that can happen and can come and get you. Obviously, we need the three points to try to get back in and around there when we come. You know, when you when you come down to us. Uh, sorry, when we come up to you, and it, you know, we we know that that's the case. But you are one or two games from from sealing it back in i think you know genuinely the, yeah. the challenge is middlesbrough you've finally got three teams who are doing it potentially consistently you just need to find your stride again yeah no i i mean i i agree with you 100 percent. it's just you know it's been almost i wouldn't say comfortable for blades fans this season you know but when we looked at 
okay, 10-point lead over over third place. You know, there's no way Blades can throw this away. And then we wobble. And it's like, it's almost like the fan base has, like, like you guys talked about, being split. It's it's just like oh my god we're gonna we're gonna fall off and we're not gonna make the playoffs or oh my god this is just a blip in the, in the road Fulham had it last year when they went up and we're 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 still gonna we're gonna write the ship even though we're gonna have to run the gauntlet in the next I would say month we're gonna have to run the gauntlet against you know better teams in the league and you know for the better parts of of this season we haven't played you know, the the top teams all in a, you know, a giant cluster. So it worries Blades fans. And like, you know, if we come out of this in Middlesbrough could be ahead of us, but you know, you look at our end, like very end of the season or running, it's just like, you've got the likes of Cardiff. I think Huddersfield again, I mean, teams that we could pick up should pick up three points. And it's like, just, just pump the brakes a little bit. You know, we still have, what, 15, 14 games left in the season, you know, it's all in front of us. It's it's all to do for, you know, the end of the season. I think we'll be all right if, you know, if we come good. And I think we will come good. It's just teams in this – you play 46 games, you're going to have a blip. Burnley's going to drop points at some point. They're not going to win every single game all the way to the end of the season. That's just impossible. They're going to be one of the best teams ever in championship history if they do it. Middlesbrough the same way. They're not going to go on a run and win every game on the way out. It's, if they are, this is this is something historic we've never seen. And, I'm, I mean, if they do, it's absolute hats off to them. Congratulations for running the absolute gauntlet and taking the most amount of points you possibly could in a season. Congratulations. But, I mean, to – have two teams that could absolutely go down in history as being two of the greatest teams in the championship. I think the odds are against them. I, I, you know, and with respect to you and also with respect to Burnley, I think the inconsistency and the, 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 it's, it's been a poor league. We have been poor. Mm -hmm. We, we know why we haven't, of course, don't get me wrong. You know, we've sung a bad, you know, bad luck stories, et cetera. Every team over 46 games will have an equivalent or, or another story about it. I don't think the championship has been as strong as it has been when we've, when we've been in it before, we've certainly been stronger in it before. Um, and, and so I think Burnley are kind of getting away because they have just been monotonous. They've been kind of, they've just, they've just kept going and kept rolling and kept rolling. Uh, you know, we, we took a, we took two points off of them on, you know, last week. Um, and they, we were what 20 seconds away from taking all three points oh, at their yeah. place. Did we play well? Not really. Did we work hard? Yes. Were we were we inspirational football wise? No. You know, it's it's just this war of attrition that mm-hmm. just keeps going and keeps going. And it, it was interesting because Burnley also played our local rivals Luton. So I was having an eye on that yesterday. Vincent Company knows how important it is to not step off the gas because of what we said earlier on stepping back on again ain't, ain't a possibility getting back up through those gears you're too knackered it's you know you're, you're too strung out it's just a question at this point in time of keep grinding it out as we get towards those last 10 games and then in the last you know five or four five or six games when those positions become available a, a potentially a level of motivation takes you over because you're seeing you're seeing the finish line and mm-hmm. you're knowing that you're having to put this in in the middle of this you know when when they're still 
anywhere between about what twenty and and six games to go, it's it's just a war of attrition. And, oh, and yeah. the thing that he's done is he's kept them going. He's kept them going, and he's he's had some very very good and an awful lot of recruitment. And they haven't come down with massive amounts of injury, so he just kept them going. I think that's what it's taken to uh, to be outstanding in this championship. Personally, I agree with you hundred percent. So to finish this up, let's go around the room. I'll start with Carl. Blades, Watford, final score, score predictions. What do you What do you think? I'll go around. I'll, I'll leave it to everybody in 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 the chat. Give me what you think goes, and, and it's okay to to pick Watford over over Blades. That's that's fine. You, which you three probably will. I, I don't. You know, it's going to be three against one. But tell me what's what do you think uh, the game comes down to, and give me your score predictions. Um, well, I, I'm travelling up to Sheffield for for that game, so that's an omen in itself because I haven't really seen a a fantastic performance away from home this season. I've seen wins, uh, but Stoke, never... Stoke was good. Stoke was yeah. Stoke Cast your mind back to late Stoke September. Were poor. Stoke, Stoke were poor. <laughs> they were they were probably one of the poorest sides I've seen. Well. Um, so, do you know what? If you give me a point away from home, I'd, I'd be over the moon with that. So I'll, I'll uh, and we do like a draw at the moment. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, in our in our game against West Brom. But um, yeah, if we don't get a positive result out of that, I might change my mind. But at the moment, I will say I will say a one all draw. Okay, okay. Peter, what's your five five nil Watford? Oh, oh, what we're only, we're only getting five this time. No, no, I mean, I don't know. I uh, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be emphatic Watford win. Well, you know, I, the, the, on on the the two occasions that I've been to Bramall Lane, we've we've been gubbed three nil and four nil. So uh, so fortunately, I'm not going in order to keep that curse away. Um, I, I think if we look at our most recent games, as we said, you know, we're drawing them. We're drawing them because we don't we haven't quite had the quality back, and then fit enough to really kind of make a huge impact. Um, so we will see a little bit. We've got the game tomorrow night. So that's Monday night. You played what Friday night? So you've no, we got Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. Saturday night. But you've 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 certainly got forty eight hours on us in terms of recovery for a game this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, should should be okay because you know four days should kind of level out. Um, I I think it'll be a war of attrition and it'll probably be one by one goal either side. I'm probably thinking that you might take it. Okay. Okay. Oh, Justin? Simply, simply, simply because I've never come away from Bramble Lane with anything other than, well, that was shit. Oh man, this is going, this is going <laughs> not, this is going not the way I thought it was going to go. I, I figured it'd be like two nil Watford. You know, Justin, come on, he's going to have the five nil emphatic win here. Yeah, Justin, Peter just go one one as well. So no. you both saying one one. I, I took a selection of results. I bottled the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, he put everything out there on the on the okay. on the table. Right, so for he, he's not nailed his colours to the mast. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty poor. I think it's going to be attritional. I think it's going to be a one-one. I think. Um, <laughs> thanks for yeah. I can actually do that on this one because I don't have to choose a different score from Carl on this one. So yeah, it's going to be one-one. I think. You're not I think making the rules up, Justin. That's why. That's that's exactly what it we're is. De- <laughs> we're dealing with a we're de- dealing with a normal human being. <laughs> hey, 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 we're not having a fight over our podcast here. Rules are there to be disobeyed. You know this. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a draw. I think uh, we've done a lot of them recently. So let's have another yeah. one. It's yeah. like a it's like an art class. Watford very good at drawing. Yeah. Um, so. uh, 
I'm I'm in agreement with you guys. I I think it's going to be a draw. I think one one. I mean, you guys pipped us at Vicar Drode early in the season one nil. Um, first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, tough to tough to draw anything off the first game of the season. But yeah, I, th- I think Blades form one one one. Probably one in the first half, one in the second half. To I, honestly, I couldn't tell you who scores first. I mean, I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised well, if it'd be a, a, a nil 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 draw at that because yeah. I mean, we don't score in the first half usually. I know we broke that against Burnley, but we don't tend to score in the first half. I think if you look at the where our goals have come this season, first half goals are very rare. So if you're going to say it's a one one and one in each half, it would be you, and we'll, we'll tie it up. I mean, hell, we we scored in the in the first five minutes against. Uh, Middlesbrough, and you know, you were like, "Oh my God, tails up! We're gonna we're gonna smash them three 0 and lost three one." And then Millwall, ooh, yeah, that that game, and uh, those guys, yeah, yeah, um, good books. Not not a big not a big fan of Millwall, but um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see anything other than a one one draw. I mean, it might be like I said, nil nil, or you know, it might be. Peter, like he said, an array of scorelines. I mean, it could be 1-0 either side of Watford in, in Burnley. So only time will tell. And we are recording this, like you guys said before, your guys' Monday night football. I'll be tuning in on the radio, um, listening to see what the opposition do against West Brom? At West home Brom. or away yeah, from home? West Brom. West We're at home. home at home at, at home. Vicarage Road Monday night football. So I don't know when this is going up. If you have a chance to tune in, just give give a glance at the opposition, see what they got. But that is going to do it for our episode, our our video episode of the red half of Sheffield. Uh, so Justin, Peter, and Carl, where can we find if if people neutrals are 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 looking to find you guys on the internet? Uh, or Blades fans are looking to find you on the interweb. Uh, where can they follow you? Well, I'm not. I'm not on OnlyFans anymore. So I've come <laughs> off of that. Oh. I, I didn't get a lot of interest. Yeah, bankruptcy was a. You know, we really yeah. hit him hard there. Oh, um, damn. There's uh, uh, so we can come to www.donotscratchyoureyes.com, which is our, our website, as you'd imagine, and that's got a link to all of the places that we've got in terms of podcasts videos and vlogs match day vlogs and you know we we also do kind of video blogs as well um and instagram and, and pretty much you name it but TikTok. our uh t- oh, t- oh tiktok yes oh yes, you guys are on fun. tiktok wow yeah we've gone for it we've gone for no it. look at wow. us all you wouldn't think we'd even know what it is <laughs> i would i was surprised i was surprised exactly. wow i know yeah. you'd think we just sit in rocking chairs picking our teeth but no we're down with the ute <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do that as well. But uh you yeah, know. Don't, yeah, don't come between a man and his rocking chair. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Gotta do something at weekends, isn't you? Yeah. Uh, so that's yes, if you go to the website, uh do not scratch that's probably the place to go. Uh and it's got links everywhere. Um and we're on Spotify and we're on everywhere you can get podcasts and we're on YouTube and yeah, yeah, yeah. So Okay, cool deal. And and you guys can follow us. I don't know why, if you're watching this video, you haven't followed our podcast, but we are at the Red Half of Sheffield on Twitter and Facebook. And you can follow me personally at cjarvis underscore 13. 
and everybody that watches this video. Thanks for watching. Thanks to the Watford guys. You guys are the, my favorite podcast to yeah, to actually yeah, to we interview because we, we actually have a conversation. Oh, <laughs> Chad, it's so you're, fun. Chad, you're, you're you're only saying that because you mean it. That's fine. Yeah, I, yeah, I do yeah. mean it. I do mean <laughs> it. It's not like I'm giving it an open ended. You know, oh, you guys are great. I mean, it. I was generally looking forward to doing this podcast podcast because i was like when's watford on the schedule okay it's not a midweek fixture thank god i can get a week ahead and we can schedule a a, a zoom meeting with with watford guys so um the thing is the thing much. is and especially about the championship is you follow football and your club not because it's perfect but because it's a roller coaster you'll worry yes. about it you'll you'll fret about it you'll talk about it you'll you'll cheer about it could you imagine what it must be like to be a manchester city supporter i mean you know financial fair play notwithstanding you know they're just sitting there going so how many do you think we'll win by yeah right yeah that's no not fun a, that's, not, that's a soulless existence that's not a life exactly so well uh, in Forest, by the way, well done to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it's true, true. They did go and get a draw yesterday. So uh, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks. And I'm gonna give this little dig up the blades. Mm-hmm.